Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And as the power of Love Week continues... We are yet again reminded that love is the greatest force in the universe. You are that love, and we radiate it to the world. Sometimes we're challenged to do this with our programs and our belief systems, but my guest today is here to help all of us shine our bright light of love even brighter. Daniel the Healer is with us today, and he is a body whisperer and a psychic energy chiropractor here to assist us on this great path we are taking. I would like to welcome Daniel, the healer, to Quantum Conversations. Hi, Daniel. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Oh, hi, Loren. Thank you very much. It is my pleasure to be here. It is our pleasure to have you and experience this sacred session with you. And we would like to start by hearing a little bit about your story. We've got a testimonial here already from someone who is just floored from how you have helped shift the pain. And that is very interesting. I'll get to that in just a bit. But I'd like to hear, for those of, you, of us who are not familiar with you, your awakening experience, I believe there's many awakening experiences along the way, and really how that led you to speaking your truth here, living this passion and this mission, bringing forth the healing that you do. All right. So first I'm going to say that I'm 71 years old, and I feel the best I have ever felt in my life. I have more strength. I have more health. I have all the love I want. My wife and I still periodically fall deeper in love. It is absolutely fantastic. I live in a total blissful life. And it didn't quite begin that way. I was born in Switzerland by some very, very conservative and scientific parents 
if it wasn't perceptible with your five senses, one did not talk about it, period. And so um, somewhere in my uh, mid-twenties, I left Switzerland. I trained in the hotel administration. I went to Bermuda. I was transferred to the Bahamas. I was in 73 when Bahamas got their independence. I came to this country and eventually got my citizenship. The first thing I did when I came to this country is I left. I took my watch off and I have never worn a watch ever since. You need to understand, Swiss people are, yeah, there's exceptions, but in general, I call them anal retentive. They are so used to being on the clock. There is actually in Switzerland three times a day on all television and radio stations, there's a signal that people can synchronize their watches to the second. Everybody lives on the clock. And so I was very, very left brain when I came. When I, and somewhere in my early 30s, that's when it all shifted. I, a friend of mine recommended that I go and see this Greek coffee grinds reader. Now, basically, you drink mm. a cup of coffee, uh, then you turn it Turkish coffee with the grounds on the bottom, and then you turn it around, the grounds fall down on the side, and they form patterns. She turns the cup back upside and reads what she sees. Mm -hmm. And she predicted precisely three events that happened within the next six weeks. And that just floored me. It was impossible in my way of thinking, in my way of being. It was impossible to be able to predict the future. And so that opened me up, though, energetically. I, I, I was so amazed by that, that when a few months later, the same person came to me and said that there was a channel coming through town and that gave private readings that I said, okay, I'll do it. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I'll do it. And that's how I met Lazarus. And Lazarus mm -hmm. is a really, really far out evolved being that comes through and channels through a man called Jack Purcell. And I've been going to seminars, weekend retreats, whole week retreats for the past 40 years. And it is Lazarus that basically gave me all the knowledge about the things that I know now, how the psyche works, that we function on four different levels, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, that we have three minds, the conscious, the subconscious, the unconscious, that we exist in other realms simultaneously, what we do here on planet Earth, how it's all set up, how we connect with the rest of the universe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where I got a lot of information. And <clears throat> I'm almost done somewhere around the same period. I was trying to get my private pilot's lesson, uh, oh. license, and yeah. I had a hard time in learning, absorbing from the manuals. And somebody else suggested for me to go and see a hypnotist. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he hypnotized me. He gave me some post-hypnotic suggestions that I'd have more ease in learning and retaining. And in just one session, 
uh, I was able from then on to just easily absorb, to learn. I passed the exam in the high 90s. It was totally cool. And that, too, kind of burst my bubble. And so a few weeks later, when I got a letter in the mail that this hypnotist doctor was going to give a class, I t took this class and then I said, oh, okay, I guess I can put out a shingle now and I'm going to start my healing practice. So that was kind of the beginning where it all came together. That is so beautiful. Okay, so I know many of us are not wearing watches and that was so liberating for you. So here you are now, uh, totally open to love and liberated and bringing forth beautiful healing work. We're going to experience an ex um, a, a meditation with you today and even take some questions from our listeners. And I thank you for that. So let's go. Let me ask you real quick. What were the three events that happened in the next six weeks? One was that I was going to inherit money. The second one was that I was going to be um, right behind a car accident on the highway, which I was. It was the car in front of me and, and the one in front of that one. And we were driving at 60 miles an hour, and it just unfolded exactly the way it was described. And the third one I don't remember at this point. Mm-hmm. But those were enough validation to really get your attention. And this is what I love about this awakening process or the ascension uh, of evolution as we spiral upward in evolution. These uh, experiences come to shake us awake. And you really did that. You opened up to it. And as we open up, we learn a little bit more about our own intuition and our inner knowingness. And again, that was validated by Lazarus. What a beautiful being. I, I know many listening are familiar with Lazarus and his teachings on Lemuria. And here he's worked with you on how the psyche works and really how your healing process works. So you also have the ability to bring forth energies through your gaze. Yes, I'm... Besides that I'm a holistic, intuitive energy healer, holistic meaning that I deal on the four levels of functioning, and intuitive meaning that I get information beyond the five senses, our regular familiar five senses, I'm also a gazer. And a gazer is that um, basically I learned how to project heart energy out of my heart chakra. I learned how to concentrate that into a laser-like beam. So because the average person, if they just put out energy out of the heart chakra, it goes into all directions. And so I kind of created this funnel that concentrates this beam of love energy. And then in the sense that I use my gaze, I use my gaze to illuminate the target. So one of the things I do, as an example, is when you said uh, psychic chiropractor, is that and I work over distance um, with anybody anywhere in the world as long as we have a computer connection and can see each other. And so the person says, yeah, my shoulder joint is hurting. And so I will focus 
my gaze onto the shoulder joint and then activate the heart love stream which will because the target the shoulder joint is illuminated will go there and because it's concentrated it then uh, and I also kind of modify add a message onto that stream, an intent, an intent of feeling better, of healing, of clearing up whatever uh, stands in the way. And so the shoulder joint now gets this message, gets this love stream that comes. And so the, the cells in the shoulder joints, because it's hurting and it's not working well, they're kind of either asleep or they don't know quite, they, they, their program got misarranged and it's kind of reboots those cells and they go, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. And then it goes back to normal and that's how the healing happens. Mm. Laser-like beam of love energy. Okay, well, we're going to get a little bit of an opportunity to experience that in our group session in this episode. But I want to ask you about some of the people that, well, many people that you've worked with over these years. Is this all types of healing for all varieties of illness? Have you seen that or any types of illness in particular? I mean, does this, this sounds like it would be hopeful for many people with a diagnosis. Well, that's one of the things I do as well, is I do medical intuition, meaning that if they went from this doctor to that specialist and nobody can figure out what's not working well, then they come and see me. And because mm -hmm. I'm holistic, meaning I look at you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, sometimes what is the cause of this is not really in your physical body. And uh -huh. uh, it can be emotional. You can be in a situation where you were told when you were little how worthless you are and you believed that. And then now your life plays out that you're worthless. So you're being hit with a lot of uh, bad luck and, and uh, you know, maybe one day you um, made a little extra money by some miracle and so you have these extra few dollars in the pocket and immediately the car breaks down. That's because you have a bubble, so to speak, a zone in which your life functions which was set by your beliefs, attitudes, thought, feelings, choices and decisions. And so if that has to do with your health and you continuously have bad health, then sometimes it's just changing the attitude around. And that's why people come to me because I know how to go deeper. I know how to go behind things and find a component. You know, sometimes, it's like I had this woman, she had a curvature of her spine, and I gazed at her, and her spine straightened out. And we always have a follow-up session, so a few days later she came, and her spine was right back where it was. And so I said, hmm, aha, so there's something behind there. And what was it? She was under psychic attack. And so I took care of that, straightened her out again. And sure enough, then... It held. So you see, things can 
come on many, many levels for many, many reasons. And unless you know, then you don't cannot make the changes. And if you go to a doctor who only looks at your body and looks at your body as if it were some sort of a machinery with little cogs and wheels and pulleys and stuff like that, and you have trouble with your liver and he says, oh, we just need to, you know, cut a piece out and then it'll work again. Yeah, but if the reasons are that you've, for 30 or 40 years accumulated anger and the liver is overburdened with anger and all you have to do is clear the anger to become better, then cutting a piece out will not help. Because of the energetics behind it. So let's talk a little bit more so we can be clear about what a psychic attack is. We've heard from time to time people say psychic attack. This is, is it someone else? outside of us or is it really I mean it could be all sorts of things it could be belief systems attitudes thought forms those can come back as an attack so it's almost like us doing it to ourselves yes now that's kind of more that's kind of more rare what you just described I find most psychic attacks come externally so yes others. you from others, yes, you can. You can um, be. Let, we'll just make this up. This person worries a lot, and they worry a lot about the very same issue, and they worry and worry. And after a while, that worry can actually, as a thought form, can find its own life. So yes, thought forms can also that you create can attack you, but that's really in the minority of the cases. In the majority of the cases, I find that it's either another human or it's some non-incarnate being. Now, mm. as far as another human is concerned, that may not always be done with that intention. That human can, you know, you cut somebody off in traffic and they swear and whatever do at you. And mm -hmm. there's so much. Some people have just have more energy behind it. And that energy of somebody swearing at you and, and being really upset can create a little dagger. And, you know, uh, we kind of say when somebody betrays you, they stuck a knife in my back. Mm -hmm. Well, if I look at them psychically, there's still a knife in their back. And then I will be able to remove that knife through psychic surgery. So sometimes people are just really angry or they're jealous or they're envious. And in those circumstances, it can happen that that turns out to be some sort of a weapon that is stuck in a chakra or in uh, other circumstances are non-incarnate being and not just for us to be clear, not everything on the other side is friendly and loving and there is, quote-unquote, what we call the lower astral planes where there's some rather twisted uh, energies. And so, um, but they're opportunists. If you come along and your aura is vulnerable, there's an opening, and they're hanging around, they say, hmm, another meal, and they will just attach and then suck. So mm. sometimes people are just 
it's just the way it turned out. Many times uh, when you go into hospitals, there's a lot of dark energies because when you're being operated on and you're under anesthesia, your normal defense systems are not functioning properly. And so hospitals are places where a lot of uh, astral entity, entities will hang out because there's an opportunity during an operation to attach and to have, you know, another meal ticket. Well, okay, I'm going to read here a testimonial from someone who you've worked on and worked with. It's quite amazing. But first, let's talk a little bit about how we can protect ourselves from this. And I know you've got great teachings and tools for this, but that would be a question to, oh my goodness, are aura vulnerable? How would we protect or even release that? Well, it's important for your aura to be in a good shape. I don't know if you've ever tried this, but if you have a a chicken egg and you put it in your wrist and then you close gently uh, so that you make contact with all si- sides of the egg with your with your hand and then you squeeze as hard as you can and you cannot break the egg because this fine little egg is so set up that if the pressures come from all sides simultaneously it will not break So it's the same thing with your aura. Your aura needs to be in a good egg-shaped shape. You just, and so what you can do is, if you are sensitive enough to feel that, you can kind of, uh, from the inside, you can, with your imaginary arms, you can just go along the walls, the the boundaries of your aura, and you can feel whether it is in nice shape. And if there's a tear, you can fix the tear. Or if the you know sometimes I see aura boundaries that are like the Michelin Man with all these little tires, and these people mm-hmm. tend to have boundary issues between themselves and their world. They don't know where they end and their world begins. It all mm-hmm. just kind of blurs. And so it's really important for your aura to be nice, egg-shaped. And you, like I said, you can just, with your imaginary arms, you can go and feel the the, um, the boundaries and see if everything is good. So um, in the, actually, in this one video that is in our package, which is the Your Energy Cleanup and Tune-Up, I actually reach through the screen, through the monitor, into your energy, and I reset your energies. I make certain that all the debris is cleaned out. I make sure, sure that your chakras are more or less aligned, that you're well grounded. And, and so it's important for us to keep our energy field, our energy body clean. You know, we, like I said, we function on the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional, but more than half of who we are is in our energy field. So it's really important. And, you know, you you go to school and you have phys ed and they teach you how to keep your body well, but does anybody teach you how to keep your energy field clear? No, they don't. 
So most of us don't know how to do that. And I found it's really important to have your energy field be clear because that's the vehicle with which you communicate with other people's energies. You know, you sometimes you, you meet somebody and in the first one or two seconds, you know who they are. That's your energy field perceiving and you interpreting this. But if your energy field is not in good shape, then you're, you, what you perceive is either you don't perceive at all or it's garbled. It's tainted information. Your chakras, which are part of your aura and energy field, your chakras are your loudspeakers and microphones to your world. They're also your measuring devices. So they will perceive, they will read other energies. And if something's wrong with one of your chakras, because you never paid attention to it or you just don't know, then what you, your desires, when you pray, your energy, you pray to God and Goddess, that prayer goes through your chakras. And if your chakra is garbled, then the prayer will come out on the other side. And, you know, God will say, huh? What was that? Mm. So it's really important for us to keep our energy fields in good working order. In good working order. Yes, absolutely. Okay. We can talk more about how we do that. Again, you've got... Lots of great teachings on this. We've heard that chakras are multidimensional. And so when you just said the prayer goes through the chakras, that is beautiful. So now we can truly see how we are connected. And, you know, it's very interesting. I want to share a story about energy body. When you say energy body, this is, it seems very similar, if not, of the light body do you can you can you explain is it one and the same or is it different energy body versus light body well i i think it's it i differentiate between spiritual body and energy body the spiritual body is the part of you that where you connect with the divine where you are part of the universe as a whole but then your spiritual body, which is in timelessness, also holds your energy field. And then your energy field holds your aura and holds your chakras and holds your sacred geometry and all these other things that come, your your aspirations, your intentions, your attitudes. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. I tell people your energy body holds your energies. And they say, duh. Yes, of course they do, but they don't know really what energies are. Mm-hmm. And so anything that follows the words I am is an energy. So I am stingy. That's an energy. Or... So you can see that if you can say I am before it, then it's part of you. Being stingy is it's not an emotion. It's not a thought pattern. 
Yes, there are thoughts around it, but in itself it's not a thought pattern, and it's also not physical. So what is it? It is an energy. Mm-hmm. And so we can see the energetics behind even the word money. That could really trigger some things for people. And by shifting the energy, that does wonders. Can you articulate this a little bit better than me? <laughs> well, money, of course, is just an energy. It's an energy of exchange. However, in our society at this point, that is somewhat uh, loop-de-loop, um, <laughs> where we're um, in this total macho environment and where we don't have much depth with everything, where just how much money in pure amounts you have in your banks, in the bank, uh, determines the status in your society and how important you are and how successful you are, the, um, our attitudes towards money are, they're, they're crooked. They're not, they're, they're not worked out properly. We, we look at it from the total different, from a totally wrong perspective. And since we are, uh, in this reality, we're three-dimensional beings, but we deal with money on a very singular dimension. All that counts with money is how much. And so you kind of need to figure out, well, uh, what does money mean to me? What does it provide for? And not just being able to go on vacation anytime I want, but you need it needs to have depth. You need to connect it with something that that has meaning to you that uh, brings you fulfillment and not necessarily from fulfillment from a point of view of just oh well I can go to a good restaurant and eat the best food in the world no fulfillment something that nurtures and satiates your soul and spirit so you need to set up your the relationship with money that it is in some sort of a framework where you as the whole being that you are are being fulfilled by the activity that brings you money and that's one of the items secondly you need to get out of the earning concept so you need to be able to receive I don't even though I work as a healer and I get paid for it I don't see that as a give and take I see that that I'm doing what I love and in the process totally unrelated to that that I do which I love I'm also my bank account also is being enriched through the deposits that go to PayPal or through credit cards as a credit card merchant or whatever that is. So you need to set up your channels of giving and your channels of receiving. And when you set that up properly, then the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. 
really very interesting. This is the energetics of money. And I've always known that we the people are the economy because of this exchange. We have to let it flow out of ourselves too. And we'll see if we cling to money, we'll see that present for us where it's challenging to give it up. But we know that we can give it up. I love playing little games too. For instance, we call them $20 love bombs. Just give a $20 tip to someone who's least expecting it. And it's beautiful to see that love that comes from that. So there's little games you can do with your bank account too. And those games just help really get out many of the belief systems that keep us from that. So can you give an example for giving meaning? Like if you have a goal, what sort of goal could you create to bring in a flow of money? Would you simply say, I want to create a spiritual center or this money will be used for um, to pay off my mortgage, that sort of thing. Is that what you mean by giving meaning to it? No, I'm talking much more about the meaning and the fulfillment that comes along. See, uh, so I, I came into this world, I was totally... Um, left brain all i knew is i had a body and i had thoughts and and then later on and with the help of lazarus i met my soul which is kind of your eternal self and then i realized that there is a differentiation between me who i am in this world now in this body and me as i am in this eternal setup in this eternal now where i live as this soul and, and as some energy form in the eternal now and so um but once i got in touch with my soul and we started to communicate and there was some sort of a dialogue i realized that one of the things that my soul wanted is to contribute to the greater good through and through the purpose of healing, through the way of healing. And so uh, that really appealed to me as well. And so my soul and I, we kind of came to an arrangement and, and with an agreement. And uh, I've only been doing the healing work full time for about 10 years. Mm. Thank and you so, for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before that, I was a mortgage broker, I was a real estate, I was a computer programmer, I worked in the hotel industry, I was a caterer, I've, I've worked in multi-level, I supported my uh, wife's public events, uh, I did all kinds of work, and I always did the healing a little on the side, but as of the last 10 years, I've been doing it full time. And every time I open up my heart to send a packet of love to send this laser-like beam uh, it's, there's a little activation process that happens in the process in, in doing this the universe fills me up again and mm -hmm. in that being refilled up I feel the love of the divine mm. and in the process of feeling the love of the divine I feel like there's almost nothing more to desire. It's it's almost an ultimate fulfillment. And so when I do my healing work, my soul dances and has a good time. 
and enjoys it. And uh, my guides that help me in my healing work, they're all excited and they're having parties and, and they, they, we get together and we celebrate continuously. And so on a, as far as I am as a complete being, I feel fulfilled. Mm. And so then, of course, to this healing, because we are in this world where, which is based on money and, and exchange of information and exchange of goods and all the, that, that stuff, then I do my healing. I get paid for because I also have to live and I have to go to the grocery store and bring money there if I want some food. So I also get paid for that, but it's not in direct proportion. So I do my work and I receive this deep, deep satisfaction and this love that the divine has for me in the process. And then on the side, I also get paid for it. But that money that I received, the depth and the meaning of that is that I had complete satisfaction on all levels of my being. Complete satisfaction. Yes, okay, you are in service, doing what makes your soul dance, and the universe is providing, right? You are in fulfillment, and you are receiving that. That is the exchange, and it comes as a byproduct. That is the shift that we make, and I know that's not easy, but what you just said there I know is inspiring to those who are striving to do that. So thank you for sharing on it. So you also mentioned you in this body and you in this eternal now and how the energy body holds the energy body. So let's talk now about where we come from and how we set it all up in advance of being born. Okay, so we ex uh, we kind of, at one point, long, long time ago, we were the figment of somebody's imagination. They imagined a light. And so that light was gave birth to a, a kind of a soul family, a grouping of souls of which we were one. And so for us, the idea was to grow and expand and add to this. And so one of, then there's many universes, and this universe, which is the universe of free will, where we practice having our own will, we then, as this energy form, we just exist. We exist because outside of time-space, which the 3D in which we live is inside time-space, which is the fourth dimension. But outside of time-space, there's no time. Everything is now, but that now is eternal. And so you exist in this eternal now, and you kind of have a good time because being there is, for the most part, very pleasant. It's like a almost a continuous orgasm. Uh, because there's so much, but you're also connected to the now. You're kind of uh, connected to the everything. 
you're kind of a drop of water in the ocean, and the drop of water knows about the whole ocean because it's part of the ocean, but it also knows that it is separate and distinct. And that's who we are. We are part of the whole, but separate and distinct. But we're not motivated to do anything because there's no time. So, okay, I want to learn more about this issue. I want to know more about anger. Um, but, you know, I'm not in a rush. It doesn't matter if it happens today or in a thousand years. And so, from time to time, you decide that you're going to go down to earth and incarnate, so to speak. And I'll describe that more in detail, how that happens. And why are you doing this? You're doing this because here there is time. So now you're on a schedule. You can accomplish a lot in a lifetime. And that's why overall people decide to come here and have physical lifetimes because in like 60 or 80, 100 years, which is like barely a blip on the radar screen based on this eternal existence, you can do so much. You can enrich yourself so tremendously. And you can learn all these things that you're curious about. And we are curious. We do want to know everything. We want to have all the experiences possible. That's why we have so many lifetimes. So anyway, you exist there in the eternal now, and you say, okay, it's time for me to do this and that and that and the other, and this is what I'd like to learn, and this is what challenges I'd like to encounter, and this is what I would like to be able to accomplish. And you kind of set it all up, and then you just grab a little bit of yourself, of those energies, you come through the veil of time-space and you attach to this little infant body that your parents have created for you. So you and your body are not the same. You are partners. You are the intelligence that makes your body work, because which is proved by the fact that when you die and leave your body, the body falls apart, because the intelligence to make it run is not there anymore. So you and your body are partners. You provide the intelligence, and the body provides the vehicle that takes you around to where you want to have all these various experiences. And so before you come here, you set it all up. It's like you set up this obstacle course. Before you come here, you set this obstacle course up with all the hurdles and everything. And then you come here, and in the process of coming here, you forget who you are. And so it's like putting on blinders. And now you start running, blindfolded, and eventually you will run into the first hurdle. And since you coming into time, you forget who you are which is also part of the plan, because if you knew who you were and brought all your faculties along, you wouldn't. it would be a breeze. You know, day three, okay, all done, what's next? But that's not the idea. The idea is for us to go through it, learn, and have the experiences. So before you come, you decide who your parents are. You, you decide where and when you want to be born, because there's all the astrology 
your natal chart that holds all the energies of of your birth and the unfoldment with the transits and all the everything that's provided by astrology. You decide what sex you you're going to be. Uh, you decide in what social milieu and um, financial milieu you're going to be born, and you also kind of predetermine all the larger things that happen in your life. And so then you come here, you forget who you are, and you start from scratch every time you come into this reality. Mm-hmm. So to break that reincarnation cycle and advance as a being, that's the goal of our spiral of evolution. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what basically... When when you know many times you come here. First of all, you come here as a as a, a mineral. You know, there's kind of an unfoldment. First, we come as a mineral, then we come as a plant, then we come as an animal, and finally become we come as a human. And even in human, at the first few lifetimes or many many lifetimes, uh, you spend just learning how to survive, how to make it in the physical. And then at one point, though, you say there's got to be more to that. There's got to be something greater. And that's when your spiritual lifetimes begin. And when you're in your spiritual lifetimes, then, of course, you will learn a lot of extra things. But then you also have, because you've had all these lifetimes here, for you to be able to wrap up your lifetimes, to be in your last one and and to merge back, all the lifetimes merge back into your higher self, you need to make certain that all of the issues, all of the challenges, all of the stuff that you wanted to experience during all of your lifetimes are resolved. And once you've resolved all your lifetimes, then you're free to go back home. Mm. Beautiful. Okay, that's inspiring. I know many are thinking of exactly how we do that. And it's not always so easy, but that is the solution. Okay, and that's what's known as getting out clean, getting out mm-hmm. clean. <laughs> okay, well, this but the greatest, be... just to interrupt you here, and the greatest and the most important aspect of this is to find forgiveness with everything. Forgiveness yes. is the ultimate karmic separator. Write that down, everyone. Forgiveness is the ultimate karmic separator. Okay. All right. Forgiveness. 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 I know it's hard. I I talk with people every day and it's not always so easy, but that's powerful. We talk about love being the most powerful force in the universe and forgiveness is the key to release the karma. Right. Okay. This is a perfect time right now, Daniel, to take us in a group healing, a group session. And it can be just a few minutes, but I know we're ready to experience that. Okay, so everybody out there listening, I want you to take in a deep breath, fill up your lungs, and then sigh it out. And in that process, just for the moment, let go of all your tensions, let go of everything that you're concerned so that you can be free, you let yourself drift, you let yourself become at ease, 
and just be here now. And so know that in the process of what we're going to do, for that to work really well, you need to use your senses as much as you can. Because when you use your senses, then those senses, the input, and it all happens in your imagination. You don't have to move an arm. But if I say move this arm in your imagination, you feel the arm move. You feel how all of a sudden there's this little bit of cool air that goes into under your shoulder. And so you involve your senses because once your senses are involved, they will notify the nervous system, which will notify your energy field, which will notify your subconscious and your unconscious mind. And so you get the full benefit of it. So in your imagination, as you now are soft and gentle and relaxed, I want you to imagine yourself on a magic carpet. And that magic carpet hovers in the air, maybe a thousand feet above ground, in the night sky. And it's a gorgeous, gorgeous night. All these millions and millions of little stars twinkling. And you need to know that when multidimensional beings approach our three-dimensional world, it looks like little lights in a dome. And so all these little stars that you're seeing are not really rocks and suns far away. These are multidimensional beings that love you, that care for you. And so as you are under this night sky with all these millions and millions of twinkling stars, feeling comfortable, just floating on this carpet, all of a sudden, all these little stars send you a beam of light. And first to your root chakra, which is at the tip of your coccyx. And so these all these little red beams of light, millions of little beams of light, connected to your root chakra. And they're pumping light into your root chakra and filling you up with this gorgeous, gorgeous, rich, blood-red light. And so you just receive. And now these little millions, beams of light attach to your second sacral chakra and the light is orange. And so all this light being pumped into your sacral chakra, filling you up with energy. And you receive. And the beams of light turn yellow. And they attach to your solar plexus. 
filling up your solar plexus. Millions and millions of beams of light filling you up with this beautiful, beautiful golden yellow light. And you continue to receive. And now to your heart. The beams turn green. The heart chakra behind the middle of your breastbone. Receiving all this green light filling you up with energy, with well-being. The light turns blue, attaches to your throat chakra. Millions of beams of beautiful blue light filling up your throat chakra, your chakra of expression with all this gorgeous blue light balancing, charging you up, giving you energy. Now the light turns indigo, attaches to your third eye, an inch above the root of your nose, filling you up, giving you energy, giving you light. And finally, the light turns violet, amethyst, and filling up your crown chakra. And you just soak it in like a sponge. And so now we come to a close. You drift back down to where you are, sitting or lying down. You come back in your body. And gently, softly, you open up your eyes. You've been fully recharged by the universe, by all those loving entities that care and nurture us. And just touch your forearm, maybe rub your forearm, rub your face a little bit, just making certain that you're fully here. And so that was that. That was that. Beautiful. That gives new understanding as well to when we look up in the sky at night and call in ships. We don't necessarily need to see ships in any certain form or color. And certainly there's been orbs that have been appearing, flashing geometrics. That's Those are the multidimensional beings. And they beam energy to us. Well, thank you for that experience. You're most welcome. We do have some questions coming in, so I would love to ask those. Uh, There's some callers as well. When you work with people, you go very deep with them, and so this is really not a format where you can get too deep 
but you can give them a little bit of advice. So we'll take one or two callers as well. So there are questions coming in, like uh, Matthew says, what do you mean that it's okay to make mistakes? Okay, so <laughs> we're in a, unfortunately, we're in a world where the masculine principle has been distorted. So you need to understand, Matthew, that you're here to learn something. You don't have to be perfect all the time. You're allowed to make mistakes as long as you don't, you know, intentionally go and make mistakes. That's kind of not the adult thing to do. But in your point, from your point of view that you're here to learn and to here to figure things out, how are you going to learn? It was instilled in me that I had to be perfect with everything. And so I was very, very reluctant to learn new things because if I got involved with something new, there was a learning curve. And during this learning curve, I may be able to make mistakes. And so I would not touch this. It was so freeing for me to realize that is not really the outcome that is that important. It is the means by which you reach this outcome. So don't be goal-oriented, but look at the means that you're using during the day. Are you being, are you being, holding to your principles? Are you being a good person, so to speak? You know, uh, there was the Arthurian round, round table, and there were these 12 knights. And these 12 knights, yeah, they had all these stories, and we see these funny movies about it but they represented certain energies, and the energies were honor, loyalty, nobility, virtue, grace, truth, courage, courtesy, gallantry, authority, service, and humility. So when you look at your day, did you, quote-unquote, behave in a good way? Did you, your means that you used, did you not intentionally hurt anybody else? Did you uphold your principles and if you did that's what is important that's what you're going to take along after you die you know the physical and the mental body they die they disappear you only take with you your spiritual and your emotional self these are the ones these these are feminine in nature and these are the ones that go on into eternity so it's really important that in the process of what you do during the day, that emotionally you stay clear and that you're coming from a point of view of love. And if you do that, it doesn't make any difference whether you make mistakes or not. That's almost irrelevant. So that's my answer to this question. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay. Ah, feeling that blissful opening of love okay well i want to share dr jeanette's comment with us she says i had a i had daniel help me with a massive pain in my right side of my head i had been to medical people for decades and they had no answers she had just been dealing with the pain she says daniel found in the right side front of my head a being that was spiraling and needed to be removed. He did so, and the empty feeling was like a tin can from my head to my toes, 
on the inside of me. There was a period of time where the pain had shifted. I am continuing to work with Daniel, she says, as the movement of that energy has released more trauma in my physical structure. I would highly recommend Daniel to support any other psychic, intuitive, healing, or other spiritual practices to help clear out energy on any level that may be locking the door and have him release the lock to allow us to flow again and heal. Wow. Okay, Daniel. So can you share a little bit more on a being that was spiraling? Was this an etheric, energetic? Yeah, that was an attachment. There was some nasty being that was living off Jeanette. Uh, it was nothing personal. It was just one of those things that I described earlier, an opportunity to attach and to get a free meal. So I perceived that, and uh, I set her free. Okay. I know that could be kind of freaky for some, but assistance like this with issues like that are great. There are some who are saying, uh, let's go to Kamiya, Kamiya, Kamea, I hope I'm saying that right, says, I've been letting go, meditating, changing my diet, receiving transmissions, and have a lot of improvement, but still so many challenges in all areas. I'm a healer myself, user of crystals, oils, energy work, work with angels, yoga, breath work. Can you see why I keep calling such challenges with finance? family, health, and love. Okay, so I don't know if this specifically applies to you, but I find it applies to many people who are on the spiritual path. And that is, we are at a time, the first time ever in the development of consciousness, that we can have it all. We can literally have it all. We can be happy, we can be healthy, we can be wealthy, and we can have our spiritual connection, and we can have all the love we want. That, before maybe the last 40, 50 years, before that, that was not possible. You always had to let go of something to get something else. And so, in other lifetimes, you may have wanted to grow spiritually. And so you went to some temple or you went to some mystery school or, or some monastery or whatever and, and, and you found yourself a teacher or a teacher found you and you said, okay, I want to grow, I want to learn, I want to become spiritual, I want to understand. And spiritual just means that you have a relationship with the divine inside of you. Religion is outside of you, spirituality is inside of you. And so you wanted to become spiritual, and the teacher or the, the priest or the monk or whoever it was said, yes, certainly you're welcome, but for this, you have to give up something. And so you took a vow. For Catholic priests at this point, the vow is that they're not allowed to marry. That's a vow. A vow is a promise you make witnessed by the divine. And it's a choice that you make. And as such, 
goes beyond your lifetime. And so let's say that you made a vow of obedience or a vow of celibacy or a vow of poverty. Many times you had to give all of your worldly goods to the church or to the temple. And so now in this lifetime, you go your merry way and at one point there is a spiritual opening. And as soon as you open up spiritually, boom, these vows come back into existence in this lifetime. When you, if you're not spiritual, they're just in the background. But as soon as you turn spiritual, they kick in. And so if you made a vow of poverty in another lifetime, then that will kick in now as soon as you turn spiritual. And here you go, and I did this, and I did that, and I did the other, and, and yet I still have challenges with money. And that's one of the things that can stand in the way, is that you made a vow. Another thing, of course, that can stand in the way is that as spiritual being, we need to be above this and the way money is being pushed and pulled around is just so unspiritual and we can easily get into being uh, judgmental about it. And if you hold judgments against anything related to money, then money will not stick with you. You have to be free. It has to be an energy that, regardless if you all of a sudden get thousands and thousands of dollars come your way, it has to be a totally natural, everyday occurrence. There can be absolutely no charge as it relates to money for you to really find how to be abundant and wealthy. Mm. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. Okay, Ursula Ursula says after that uh experience recharging by the universe, Ursula has intense heat running through the body. Can you speak about this? Fantastic. Yay. Fantastic. Yay, indeed. <laughs> um now I don't know how old Ursula is, but um if she's, for instance, in, in uh, menopause or beyond, then all the energies that has come along may have stimulated her adrenals and she's in a hot flash. That's a possibility. But overall, maybe you were just not charged up and, and you were energetically dead. And so now you received all these energies in all these beautiful colors and everything wakes up. And that could be the heat that you're experiencing. Beautiful. Okay, well, thanks, Ursula, for sharing that. Okay, well, let's go to a caller. We'll take a real quick call again. Um, do you prefer a specific question or a little bit of dialogue? How do you like to best work with the questions and a caller? We have time for two callers. It'll It'll unfold however it unfolds. Here we go. Let's go on up to... It looks like Aubrey in Whitehall, Michigan. Hi, you're Hello. Hi there. Hi, this is Destiny. Hi, Destiny. Well, what a beautiful name. Oh, thank you. Um, I I am ooh, I am so thankful for this call with Daniel. I was praying for this one. Um 
I have been having like a dense, heavy energy around me. And it's been interfering with my technical issues, so like my computer, my telephone, all of these different things that are causing me um, to, it's not good, it's it's bad. And I don't think it's a thought form, I'm feeling more like an entity or something. <clears throat> okay, so but it's interfering with me on many different levels. Um, tuning in here. Um, Thank you. Well, this is a little difficult to explain, but what you you are what is called temporal lobe sensitive. Temporal That's the lobe. Okay, in the brain. Temporal lobe yeah. sensitive. The temp, you know, you, you you go into these science magazines and the science magazines say you're only using 10% of your brain. Well, that's not really true. You're using, generally everybody uses their whole brain, but the idea is that science only knows how to perceive 10% of it. So we do a lot of things on many other levels. But one of the things that is happening right now is that we're opening up additional areas of our brain. And the areas of our brain that we're opening up in, this is kind of in the development of the uh, human existence, are the temporal lobes. And the temporal lobes are the ones that absorb all the kinetic energy that is in your environment and use this to expand yourself. And if something doesn't flow well, then... Um, you all all kinds of things electronic mess up. You may also walk down the street, and as you walk under a street lamp, uh, a street light, the lamp will just flicker or or turn off. And uh, you all, all the wristwatches you wear continuously break down. That's an I can't. Yeah, that, I can't wear I can't wear a watch at all. Yeah. Yes, it just goes bad. You're temporal lobe sensitive. So this is what you need to do. You need to take the index finger of your dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, that would be the right index finger, and put it onto the the temporal lobe of your right side. That would be just maybe an inch or two in front of the ear and uh, kind of at the height of the top of the ear. And then you take the middle finger of your non-dominant hand and put it onto your brain in the opposite position on the other side of the body. So now you, and then you imagine little energies of, little packets of energy go from your index finger of your dominant hand to the middle finger of the non-dominant hand. And it kind of, it's this little blip. It's like when you go to the hospital and you watch the monitors that that they have the patients hooked up. There's these little blips. And so you see that blip, you sense the blip, go from your right, if you're right-handed, from your right index finger to the left middle finger and goes right through your brain. And so it goes blip, Blip. So see the blip right in through my brain? Yeah, okay. Yes, the blip goes right through your brain. Ooh. It goes blip, blip, <laughs> and then you speed it up a little. It goes blip, 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 and you go faster and faster, blip, 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 blip until it's just a single line. Be 
All the blips mm. were so fast that it just turned into a single line. And that's the end of the exercise. That's it. You're, I should do that every day? or When you sense that you're that you're messing up computers and, and street light lamps and, and watches and whatever, when you feel the, the, the temporal lobe sensitivity, you do that, and that will take care of it. So it's not a heavy, dense energy. It's not an entity. Nope. It's I don't that. see any entities. I don't see nothing hovering around you. Ooh. I don't see anything in your energy field. I just see that your brain doesn't know what to do with all the energy that it receives. Oh, thank you so much, Daniel. Oh, you're a blessing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Mm. Have a great day. Thank mm. you. Thank you, Destiny. Thank okay. you, Loren. Thank you. Thank you. Good to speak with you. Wow, Daniel, it's uh, amazing to listen to you. So we're just going to move right along, see if we can get to a few more people too. Let's go to Jane Marie in North Dade, Florida. Hey, well, that sounded just like what you were saying. (laughs) Isn't that funny? That was just like what you were saying. That was uh, Jane Marie's phone. I'm going to try it one more time. Nope, that's really interesting energetic interference there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to uh, Bellevue, Ohio, phone number ending 5414. Hello, you are unmuted. Hi, my name is Erica. Hi, Erica. Hey, Erica. Hello, thank you for taking my call. I have been experiencing digestive issues. It might be a candida issue, maybe a little bit of ulcer, um, just sort of not digesting very well. That whole solar plexus just feels tied up. Any insight for me? Erica, how old are you? 46. 46. Did you get any heartburn? No. No heat around the stomach? Sometimes I do feel heat um, sort of below the ribs. Okay, so that would kind of confirm it. You're not producing enough uh, acid, stomach acid. Oh. You need to... um, just before a meal, you need to kind of just add a little acid to your stomach, which there's uh, either a product called betaine hydrochloride or uh, the organic apple cider vinegar. Oh, okay. Uh, you would do that right before a meal. If you do the apple cider vinegar, I would suggest you do about a tablespoon of it in about four ounces of water and you drink that just before the meal. Just have it diluted enough so that it doesn't, you know, burn as you go as it goes down. So, uh, oddly enough, in 95% of the cases of having heartburn, it's not that you produce too much stomach acid, it's that you don't pr- produce enough. And the symptoms of too much and not enough... Uh, 
stomach acid are the same. And so if you get heartburn and you quote unquote take antacids, that really makes it worse over time. So you really need to look into this betaine. Um, I would suggest that you, uh, just to make certain, I want to send you a document that you email me with your address and, and kind of in the text, you know, I'm the one with the stomach acid. Would you please send me the document because uh, you need to you need to get into this cautiously, and this document will explain all that. But I have found many many people who have received a lot of relief to about um, knowing to have enough stomach acid. See the. The stomach is the acid part of your digestion. Stuff comes into your stomach, and it sits there, and the digestive juices, the acid, breaks it down. And when the content is below 2.8 pH, the bottom, the kind of the exit of the stomach will open up, and at that, at that time, it's just all a liquid. It will flow into your duodenum, where then the bile will come in, which is alkaline, and make it all neutral again so that you don't burn up. But if you don't have enough stomach acid, then instead of the food in the stomach just being digested and broken down, it will putrefy because it's there for too long. It will ferment. And that just messes up your whole digestive system. So if there's an ulcer, the this won't hurt the ulcer, like the apple cider vinegar? No, that doesn't hurt the ulcer. But you may, if you have an <laughs> ulcer, you may also want to, um, have you ever done any tests whether you have H. pylori or not? No. Okay. And uh, are you are you stressed? Not really. Is there an, any emotional component? Ulcers generally come with stress. So, uh, is, I mean, are you happy? Your life works the way you want it? Yes, for the most part. I study like A Course in Miracles and I work on my spirituality a lot. Okay, where are your ulcers? Are they stomach ulcers, intestinal ulcers, colon? Well, it's um, it'd probably be like small intestine. If small they're, intestine. you know, I don't, I, I just it's that burning sensation. But like you said, maybe it's that I'm just putrefying the food, and maybe it's not an ulcer. I just didn't want to make anything worse if it could be an ulcer. I don't think I don't think you have an ulcer. I don't test for any. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much. So, um, email me, email me, and and tell me, and I will forward you this document. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. -bye. Mm. Thank you, Erica. Well, I think uh, that makes the case anyway about the benefits of apple cider vinegar, and it's something that we should do just regularly. Right. Yeah, I start my day with um, water and lemon juice. Yes. 
My first glass of liquid that I drink in the day is some lemon juice in water. Beautiful. Okay. Okay, well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your special offer. This is a beautiful way for people to learn the techniques and the tools that have been given to you by your guides, by Lazarus, and it is very helpful. It covers a wide variety of topics from psychic protection uh, to uh, working with our chakras and really building, uh, opening the heart love and activating the heart love. So share with us your special offer, please. Okay, so uh, there are seven videos that are included in this. The first three video, A New Paradigm of Wealth, You Create Your Own Reality, and Understanding Psychic Protection are strictly informative. They just share information with you. The New Paradigm of Wealth talks about 21 different tips on how to change your mindset for becoming more abundant. As an example, one of them is that you learn how to tithe to yourself. It all has to do with how much you value yourself because when you value yourself, value will come to you. That's part of the law of attraction. So just know that Whatever your state is, what you think, what you feel, what you believe, the attitudes you hold, your choices and decisions, which are the components of creating your own reality, those energies, that's what the universe will bring back to you because you attract that. So in this new paradigm of wealth, I will share 21 things, 21 tips for you to change your mindset about how you view money. It also comes with a green candle ritual. That is a ritual that you do uh, with two white and two green candles that you place and light in a particular way, that you then write something on a little piece of paper that you burn up, and that you then extinguish the candle in a, in a, in a particular way, and that allows you to attract more physical dollars. You know, when we talk about paradigm of wealth, the wealth and abundance. Abundance is not necessarily only in money. Abundance and prosperity can be in love. It can be in good health. It can be in many things. But this green candle ritual is specifically designed to attract money into your life. So then the second item is you create your own reality. This is the nuts and bolts of how you do that so that you understand. Because, you know, we all create our reality, whether you know it or not. If you don't know it, if because it's, it happens in your unconscious mind, if you don't know it, then you feel that you are kind of the victim of all the things that happen to you. But if you do know it, then you become empowered. And when you are empowered, then you can make changes in your life. You can start to put in different thoughts, different beliefs. You can look at it, you can work with it, and you can start to play with it. So all of a sudden, when you kind of have a plan, well, you know, I'll give you an example. I live in Los Angeles. Sometimes 
I have to drive to San Diego. That's about 120 miles and should be a comfortable two-hour drive. But traffic on the 405 and 5 is just always stuck. And so it can take somewhere between four and five hours to get to San Diego. And I don't want to do that. So when I go there, the day before, I talk with my guides. I say, hey, you know, tomorrow I'm driving to San Diego and I would really appreciate your help to keep traffic flowing. And so if they have a certain amount of, of notice, they can start working behind the scenes. And sure enough, the next day I drive to San Diego, I'm there in two hours. And even though on some places the traffic is at a standstill, I come along and all the cars just move out of my lane and I can continue to drive. So I know that it's specifically a response on what I've been asking for. And since I have a good connection and my energy field is clear and clean and all lined up properly, they get the message and they can work on it. And so it's the same thing. If you understand what it takes for you to create your own reality, then you can start to do it consciously which is the important thing. You need to know how to become a creator of your own life. As a divine being, as a divine, and we didn't even talk much about divinity, as a divine being, when you look at God and Goddess, one of the things that the divine does is create. And so you, as a divine being, that's one of your birthrights, is to create, create your life. That's where you start, and then maybe create on a larger scale, changes in the world and it works the third item is understanding psychic protection i just go a little bit more what you can do to keep yourself clear when you feel that either you're being attacked psychically uh, it has all kinds of techniques then the fourth video now the next four these are experiential videos where you need to go along it's more like a meditation healing by the elements is the fourth video uh, air earth water and fire they are very uh, archetypal and extraordinary powerful forces and you will be exposed to these and they will do they will take you through certain experiences where you will experience a healing. Activating your heart love, that's the fifth video. That, I feel, is really very, very important and is the basis, the foundation of what I'm doing. Because in this video, you will learn how to run your energies differently. In our society, we tend to be, because this is just the way we're being brought up, because there's all this lack and all this scarcity, we tend to function in our world and continuously with a little eye towards where's mine. And so we just suck out of the environment. Well, when you suck out of the environment, you suck along very, very bad stuff. And, then you, and that sticks with you. And then you don't know why things don't work out well. Well, in this particular video, Activating Your Heart Love, I will explain to you that you need to receive your basic energy from pure sources, from your higher self or your and the earth. 
And together, these energies that are untainted, unconditional, you they will come together in your heart and they will create a love energy and that you will then learn how to project out of your heart. And once you do this, all the stuff that's out there, once you become a net heart outputter, you put out more heart energy than you take in. Once you do that, then your life all of a sudden turns into a total charm. The universe will recognize that you're now one of those light beings that actually is putting out light in, into their world, and they will just shower you with attention and love and, and gifts and abundance and all the stuff that is rightfully yours anyway. Item six, your energy cleanup and tune-up. We talked about that a little bit earlier. This is something that you may want to just listen to and experience once a week for you to just stay current with your energy field and finally clearing resetting aligning balancing and recharging your chakras is a little more extended version of what we just did earlier when you were in the magic carpet under the night sky and that is something that you kind of only do if you felt like really funky, you know, something is not right, you're out of alignment, things are not quite working right, or um, at the minimum, I would say once a month. So these are the seven videos that are part of my special offer. With it, you also receive a state of being journal. Um, when we grow, when we expand, when we're always with us, we don't tend to notice the improvement that we go along and we may think that we're still, that we're stagnant even though we grow. And so this is something that you can maybe fill in a line once every week or once every other week and track your spiritual progress. And then finally, also there is a 24 $27 discount coupon towards any one-hour session that I offer online. Mm, and so those this sessions is my, are... This is, this, this is the Spiritual Awakening Accelerator Package. Mm, beautiful. Again, that is available on the special offer button on this webpage. And if you'd like to access a personal session with Daniel, then check that out for the discount for that personal session. Beautiful. Daniel, thank you so much. There's a couple of other questions I I want to get to. We can't get to all of them. I apologize. But I would like to um, talk with or have your take on Marsha. Marsha is in Waterloo. And she says, I have pneumothorax, which is gases leaking into the chest cavity. I've kept myself alive for six years now. Is there any way to heal it? I already have felt through all the emotions that have come up when relaxing very deeply. Please help. Just a moment. Now that's, a, that's a big one. I'm not getting anything on that. I would suggest that she email me and uh, maybe have a little deeper conversation. I, I need to know just a little more about the symptoms and, and how it plays out in her life. Because 
uh, illnesses and disease and pains has messages. There's messages and the, the, there's kind of a code uh, in which those messages come to you. And part of the code is the area in which it is happening. So in your case, the lungs. So there's the, that is also lungs are close to, if it's in the upper lungs, it's close to the throat chakra. It's in the lower lungs, it's close to the heart chakra. But air also has to do with the breath of life, and there's something that is not working right in that particular regard. And so I would need to know more about the symptoms to be able to to tell you anything about it. Yes, okay, that's how you go a little bit deeper with the individuals that you work with over Skype, um, where your gaze will connect with them, and the heart love beam will work with them as well. Okay, thank you, Daniel. Again, we invite our listeners to check out your special offer and work with you on a deeper level. As we say goodbye today, Daniel, I just want to thank you for your time and the energy and the beautiful space and really the eloquent way that you explain so much. Um, Thank you. As we wrap up, any words of encouragement for our listeners here this summer yes absolutely and wow did this time go by so fast we just barely started and it's already an hour later so this is an hour and a half later this is totally amazing how quickly this went through uh, you're most welcome first addressing your gratitude you're most welcome it was my pleasure I do have uh, this this mission that I have and I at this point want my message to go out to as many people as uh, I can and so here now is the message and the message is we are at the threshold of the most gorgeous beautiful extraordinary times This is your time. This is the time where we are shifting from an objective reality where we all experience the same thing to a subjective reality where we can create our world based on who we are. This is a time that we're moving from the rule of law to the rule of love where how much you love and that you love is determining how your life is going to play out. So because of this, I have put together, and that's why it's called a spiritual awakening accelerator, I've put together this package so that you can learn, so that you can understand how to function in this new reality, how to be. But for the most part, What is really important is for you to acknowledge that you are divine. And you do this every day in the morning when you get up. You take a moment and you imagine yourself as a 50-foot tall giant of light. And then once that light being you, out of light, 50-foot tall, once you have this, you go and feel that. You feel how is it like to tower over your reality and being this light beam, not just a flashlight with burnt out batteries, but a lighthouse at the side of the shore guiding the ships not to hit the rocks. 
you are this tremendous, tremendous light. And so by imagining yourself as this 50-foot-tall being and absorbing these energies, then later on in the day, when you run into a problem or you have to determine something, you take a moment and you say, now as a 50-foot-tall light being, how, what would my response be to this? You live in your divinity. You own it. You accept it and own it. And that alone will change your life tremendously so that you can benefit from this glorious, glorious new reality that is upon us. I wish everybody all the best. It was an honor to speak to you. And maybe sometime we will meet again. Oh, Daniel, the healer, thank you, thank you, thank you. We will meet again. Next time we'll do a video episode so we can see your gaze. Thank you so much for this. Really inspiring. We are ready for this new reality. It is the rule of love. So thank you during this week of power of love. We are ready to live our divinity and truly own it. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you, too. Namaste. We are dancing our way to the cosmic heart now. And what better song than Love Alive. Enjoy. And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy.
Thank you for listening and thank you for dancing with us in our collective intentions as they go across the universe to the cosmic heart. I'd like to thank my wonderful team at AcousticHealth.com, Heidi, Tony, Tom, Pam, Suzanne, and Garner, who assist with the production of Quantum Conversations, online healing retreats, and more. And thank you, too, for listening. If you've enjoyed this program, please share it with your friends and loved ones. And we thank you for shining your magnificent light and adding it to the world. This is when we love ourselves like no one else can. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. conference is now completed. Goodbye. Welcome to the conference. Please enter